0: Welcome to the Kassafa Show with Mark Gleason and Nick Say.
1: Welcome to our eighth edition of the Kassafa Show as we enjoy the timely return of international football on the African continent this week after almost a year without matches for our Southern African nations.
2: We have an interview with current SuperSport United defender Bongani Kamalo, who may be an ex bafana Bafana International, but also has strong ties to another Kassafo nation. He reveals his club's preparations for the new season and reflects on his time in the national team.
1: Also in the show, we have an interview with Mozambique coach Luis Gonzalez. They are currently in Portugal, preparing for international friendly matches against Guinea-Bissau and Angola. We'll talk you as well through the other fixtures involving Kassafo countries in the coming days. We are delighted to be joined by the experienced Supersport United defender, Bongani Kumalo, who famously scored against France in the 2010 World Cup and is one of the few Bafana internationals to be born outside of South Africa, still very much a Southern African, and of course, captained his country as well. Supersports are camping in Polakwani ahead of the 2020-21 Premier Soccer League
2: season, where they will also start the defence of their MTN8 title against TTM next weekend. Ghani, thanks so much for joining us. How are those preparations going?
0: Hi. Uh, yeah, very, very good. I mean, I think so far, I mean, the guys have done well um, in terms of just staying fit. Um, we did have a little bit of a break, but even within that little break, you know, we still had to submit sort of like runs and so on and so forth. Um, we're in Polkwani now and it's the first time here where we've come here and it's actually rainy and quite cold. So that's been interesting. Um, But all in all, I think the team is good and and most of the players are fit, good to go. Ten years now
1: Bongani since the World Cup in South Africa, uh, a great occasion for everyone concerned. What are your memories of that tournament
0: and do you feel that South African football has kicked on as much as it should have since then? well oh, um yeah it's been 's been a long a long time ago now, but um I mean certainly it was it was a special time for the country and and every player that was involved um, i don 't think any any player that 's been part of that generation or that would have played has has experienced anything since um, so that is the, so that is very, very special. Uh, in terms of, I think, I think post the World Cup, I think we all expected a lot more, um, just in terms of of, of of the progression of our game and and fans coming to the stadiums. But you know, I don't, I don't think that there's been enough growth, considering you know how big and and, and massive the World Cup was for us, um, which is which is slightly disappointing. But I believe there are some positives, um, you know, we have amazing arenas that we get to play in now um, with our local league. And, and I think, you know, for, for the national team, whether it be football, rugby and so on, you know, there's, there's, there's just incredible arenas where fans can come together and, and truly appreciate special games together.
2: You spent five years in England and Greece after that tournament. Uh, what was that experience like? And do you think South Africa exports enough players from the PSL these days?
0: Oh, it was it was interesting. I think you know when I went over, you know, the first year was very very hard. Um, it was very hard. First year, would a struggle just settling in and injuries and all sorts. And I took the next year. I took I took away. I went away. I went away to Greece, which was an interesting experience in that as well. It was a very different style of play. But you know, I think towards the end I started enjoying it and and, and felt like I did well. Um, it was a good season for the club as well that year. Um, and then I went back to England. I was alone at Doncaster. I think it was all about, you know, gaining experience. Um, you know, I was obviously a youngish player at the time, and I'd had a great experience in the World Cup. And you know, they bet on potential, um, and I was willing to work hard. I wasn't. I didn't mind taking, you know, a couple of steps back to to get me forward. And that was the move that 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 obviously that move to Doncaster came about. And and I felt I was doing well. And and you know. Um, uh, I mean, I think I think a lot of people would know. I mean, it's not necessarily a, a club that would challenge for promotion as such, but you know, they they've just been promoted from League One and, and had good players. And you know, when you start a season fresh, you obviously want to compete and and finish as high as possible. Um, so that so that was a challenging um, club to play for, and it provided great tests. And when I felt as if you know I'm really really getting used to football in England and the style and then just the the pure intensity of it all, you know, I found myself here in Randburg, you know, laying on a bed wondering whether I'll ever play football again. Um certainly that injury, you know, suffered against Brazil was, was at the time I didn't realise how big it was. I think I only realized once I started playing again how big it was. And I think that that was a blessing in itself, just to be blinded in terms of that and just focus on just getting getting better. But the timing of it was 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 worse, you know. Um and but i've got no regrets you know i gave it all my heart and soul and some things in football work out and others don't you know i'm very blessed that you know i'm still playing you know i've had a i've had quite a few years of of playing this game and and i still feel good and 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 for as long as i feel good i'll keep going and try and help and inspire all those around me
1: and what many people can't take away from you is the fact that you've also won uh, three successive league titles with supersport between 2007 and 2010 and then another one with uh, the big best Mits. Um, I'm going to ask you to 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 pick the best. I mean, I know it's tough to choose between your children, but which, which was the best of the titles?
0: If I'm honest, you know, the first one, I remember the first one. I mean, the first one was 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 just, I think the first one is always the most special one because it's everything is new. And I think at the time as well, it was my first season in the PSL. So I don't think I realized the significance of it, to be honest, um, at the time um but i think it all hit home in the second season in terms of the difficulty um having played the first and the second i think you know you noticed you noticed how teams would, would, would play against you and how they'd gone and play against other teams after you i mean teams would would struggle to get a 1-0 victory and then the next team that they play against would go hammered three or four so i think it just showed how much well at the time how much we used to take out of teams and how much teams how much effort teams put they put up against us whenever they played us, as, as as obviously the reigning champions, and obviously to carry that pressure for 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 what first well. The first yes we want it but the second and then the third year and still finish on top i think that's that's the special um that's the special part of it all um but certainly i think i think personally i'd have to say i think the third one was the sweetest one because i think by the time we got to the third one i think i realized you know how special it was and, and that it was well i was blessed to be part of a a truly truly great generation of players and and a great coach
2: a bit of a similar question, I guess. Uh, but outside of the 2010 World Cup, what would you say is your
0: your favourite memory of representing Bafana Bafana? Very hard. I think you know all the games for the national team of. There's no game that's that's the same. I mean, you you, you play in some tough territories, and and, and I've obviously played a, I've I've played for different um, different coaches within the national team setup. Um, but there's certainly been 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 games where where you felt really good on the pitch, and the atmosphere has been incredible. Um, so I'd have to say I mean easy I think the first couple of games post the cup I mean they still had that special feeling in terms of the support and then the mentality of the players at the time uh, we had an identity that everyone believed in and bought into and that was fantastic um, I think we we're very very unlucky you know with what happens in terms of the qualification for for the AFCON you know obviously at this point I mean we didn't qualify because of the technicality and the fine prints in the rules and that was very very disappointing Um but yeah, I think that run that run was quite special even post the World Cup.
1: Now the um cliched uh question that all journalists ask of veteran footballers like yourself. You're thirty three years old. How long are you still gonna play and uh what ha- what's in store for you once you
0: do hang up your boots? Um, sure. Well, at, the, <laughs> you know, at this point, Mark, yeah, again, very cliché to say, but I think I think obviously got this from Gavin where you just worry about that. For as long as I can be fit and available for the next game, you know, I'll keep going. And for as long as, you, you know, you've got a contract, you'll go. But focusing on just enjoying every single day as it comes, um, it's been a great journey thus far. I haven't spent much time looking back. I think there's only been moments where I've looked back and appreciated sort of like the progression I think is important at times to kind of keep you going because you know i mean day-to-day football is very very tough and challenging for the mind and the body and all sorts um but yeah i think for me now it's just i've got call it i've got until july and then from there we see next but post football you know I i would like to remain in the game
2: now we can't let you go without asking you to explain your eswatini connection
0: yeah, <laughs> you know my mom. Um, I think in my first season, I think it was it was, it was part of part of, um, you know, when I when I, when I yeah my day de- in my debut season. I think that was that was one of the biggest headlines, and and I remember my mom saying, "I, I wish, I wish I'd just crossed the border. <laughs> I wish I'd just crossed the border when I was carrying you." Um, you know, mom. Obviously, my mom would have grown up in in Nelspruit and so on and so forth, but. You know, when I was born, you know, they'd met when my mom was studying at the University of Swaziland at the time. And and as it were, you know, that, that that turned out to be my birthplace. And but, you know, all my life of 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 being in South Africa, you know, South Africa is, is all I've known. But I do um I'm well aware of my roots in in Swartini and I'm very proud of those roots and you know, it's a place that I that I do visit whenever I do get time off and you know, I do love the people. They're very humble people, good people, um, and and yes, I do have family there. So, I mean, that's 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 literally the connection. But yeah, my mom used to joke about it all the time, being like, oh, "I wish I just crossed the border. I would have saved you so much trouble to have to explain yourself time and time and time again." We have with us today the coach
1: of Mozambique, Luis González, who we are delighted to say is joining us from Portugal, where the Mambas are preparing this week for two friendly internationals against Guinea-Bissau and Angola. Big thank you for your time, coach. First of all, uh, can I ask you, have you been successful... Thank you, thank you. ...assembling all of the players that you want for this camp, even with the COVID restrictions?
3: Uh, No. (laughs) I call call, uh, for this camp uh, that uh, began earlier. Uh, because, as you know, is uh, on the next five is when the, the 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 data FIFA starts, but we start earlier, and I call uh, 34 players, and uh, we are in Portugal right now training uh, with the players that uh, play in Mozambique, because the clubs in Mozambique uh, they cooperate with us, and uh, I took the players. I can say. Yeah. But uh, some players, a few, a few players, uh, they don't come because, uh, for example, uh, Luis Miquel he, he plays in Tanzania, he don't come. Uh, Reginaldo plays in um, Kazakhstan, don't come. you in Azerbaijan because uh, this pandemic, these restrictions, uh, the, their clubs uh, doesn't allow. It and um, they ask they ask us to, to don't call them uh, but uh, right now I have uh, 16 players here with me we are training already training with, uh, we we began yesterday and uh, on next Monday we I think we're gonna have all group
1: together and the, the, the lack of football in Mozambique, uh, the fact that the league is, uh, is, still, is, is still not being played. I mean, you know, obviously there are a lot of players now without the yes. match fitness. I mean, how, how big a dilemma is that for you? How much do you worry about that?
3: It's a, a question. Uh, we are running against the time, I can say. Uh, that's why we began early with the, these players from Mozambique. We are trying to complete this situation with our our training. So far, so good. But of course, when you're going to play eight against Guinea-Bissau, a friendly match, could be could be different because we have players that Europe and players that not play in Mozambique right now. So. But uh, we have to manage it.
1: And you made, you made a very good start to your uh, Cup of Nations qualifiers, the four points against Cabo Verde and against Rwanda. Um, but obviously yes. now uh, Cameroon is a completely different test. Eh? I mean, how, what, what is the potential yes. to do something against Cameroon? Powerful
3: team, the, the country that organized the competition. So uh, we're going to play against Cameroon that uh, they know that qualified. So besides that, they, they're going to play, of course, to win. And we're going to play to win also. We know they are favourites. We have a very confident team. We are growing like a team, of course. I'm going to see. Uh, The the, the first question is to evaluate the players on next Monday. I need to evaluate players. uh, How are they?
1: The last time Mozambique were in the finals, obviously, was in 2010 in Angola. I mean, is there a real pressure on you to qualify for this next tournament?
3: Yes, 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 absolutely. (laughs) Everybody wants to to qualify and uh, we need to evaluate the situation with uh, reality, so uh, we're going to see. But uh, we are confident we're going to do our best to to be qualified, but it's true, Uh, very big pressure to to qualify because 10 years, uh, it's too much.
1: You were appointed in August last year so that's uh, 14 months in charge but you really only had a handful of matches with the team you beat Mauritius in the World Cup of course and then you had that friendly with Kenya and then the two qualifiers yes. in November I mean h- how frustrating has it been just sitting there uh, with this covid lockdown and with the disruption to world football and and, and just being in limbo almost
3: Yes that's uh... This, this is a new situation for everybody all around the world. And, but to, we, we try to do our best. Uh, we try to, to keep connected always with the players. And uh, it's important to know how are they, how are the, the families, uh, if they are training at home uh, when they, are, they aren't in, at the club. And uh, as you know, different, different uh, situations because uh, the players that are in Mozambique, they are different than the, the players that, that are in Europe. But uh, always connected, always trying to, to um, how can I say, to uh, use the time, use the, the way, useful way, use the time in a useful way. You know, but it's not easy. It was, uh, <laughs> it's new for everyone. You know, the, the most important thing is to be connected always with the players.
1: Yes, I, I say you are, you are not the only yes. coach, I suppose, suffering in the same way, yeah? Huh?
3: Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I believe. I believe so. Yeah. Uh, let, let, but... me ask
1: you, let me ask you a little bit about uh, Mozambique itself. I mean, we know your CV, you worked at Sporting Lisbon, you worked at Benfica in the youth, you worked in Saudi Arabia, you were in charge of the Chinese junior national teams. So you obviously know mm-hmm. a lot about youth football. What is what is the potential of the Mozambican youth? I mean, where are the new Eusebios, the new Mario Colunas, the new Matetus? <laughs> yes, I understand the question. But uh, these are different times, I can
3: say. But uh, we have talent. The, the Mozambican player, uh, he has talent. Uh, so, but we need to organize better the the youth themes the clubs that uh, work with the youth and uh, we need to to do to do a, a plan a plan and we are we are working on that we have a, we have a new technical director uh, since december last december and uh, we are work together to to make a plan to develop the, the youth because i believe that's the key because we have talent in mozambique, but uh, we don't have uh, many things many other things that we that is needed to develop the players and know infrastructures uh, fields um, we we need to to improve the the coach education uh, we need to to improve in the, the nutrition and the other things that uh, are very important in, in the in the, the plan that uh, we need to implement to develop the players, but uh, the talent is exists, and so we have to to bet more on youth. You know.
1: So do you do you see the do you see the job as a long term project? I mean, do you get the feeling that the Mozambicans have got patience that you can have some time to try and develop what you want uh, to develop?
3: It's a dilemma. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, uh, I, I believe I can uh, stay a few years to help uh, to to give my contribution to develop the Mozambican football. Uh, but in the other way, uh, everybody wants to to go to the 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 Afghans finals, you know. So <laughs> we'll see, we'll see, because the 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 new president uh, from Federation, uh, I think he he is patient, but we'll see. I'm gonna do my best as a coach, but uh, I would like to stay long, long-term in a long-term project. Not only uh, be responsible for the the first team, for the national team, but uh, to to give my contribute to develop the the football, the yeah. football here in Mozambique. Because I, I have I have uh, uh, many experience in youth in youth. And uh, I, I believe I can give a, a good contribution, you know.
1: It's been interesting to see uh, some of the Lusophone countries, I think more uh, Guinea-Bissau and Cabo Verde, of course. Yes. But they look nowadays only at the diaspora of the, the players' first, second generation born in Europe, yes. but, but with parents from Africa. This uh, yes. makes it- the latest Angolan squad that uh, they announced for, for, for the match against you has some players from uh, born in Germany, some players born in France. With Mozambique, yes. uh, with Mozambique you only really have Stanley uh, Ratifio. What about yes. other players who have one parent from Mozambique born in Europe? Yes. How much are you looking in the diaspora, yes. in the European leagues for these players?
3: Always looking, always searching and always evaluating. And we are working on that. Uh, in, uh, I believe, next November, maybe we can have uh, one or, or more two players. Uh, I can uh, I, I don't want to say the names, but we are working on that. Really. So I believe that's that's important for for our team because uh, those players they can give uh, other experiences to the team, you know, and they have uh, different experiences, of course and uh, i think they they could add value to the team so we are always searching always looking always evaluating but besides that there's a, a bureaucratic process that going going to have time, uh, needs time you know yes. but we are we are working on that yes
1: and and when you say you're working i mean what does that involve do you have to go yourself and talk to the to the young man and try and persuade him that uh, to 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 take an international future with Yes, teams?
3: that's the first step what yes, else that's do you that's the first to do? step if if uh, if i if i detect a player that i i believe that could be a, a good option uh, that could bring value to the team the the next step of course after evaluate the player after Decide that player could be a good option. Uh, that's the next step: is to talk with the player and uh, explain uh, the, the what what we want from him. And uh, if he agrees, uh, there's a, after that uh, bureaucratic process that uh, the federation and government uh, they have to to do uh, near FIFA and uh, to get the authorization. Yes, but that's that's the that's very important. If a player. He doesn't want to represent the the national team. We can't can't do anything, you know.
1: Last question I want to ask you, coach, before I let you go, is uh, maybe taking you a little bit into the future. The World Cup qualifiers have been moved now from November to June. Cameroon again, then the Ivory Coast. Yes. And your neighbors, Malawi. I mean, were you given a horror draw?
3: (laughs) Yeah. That's a very difficult group, indeed. But uh, we're gonna play uh, match by match. I can say uh, we're gonna do our best. And uh, uh, I used to say uh, I-, I have the right to dream. So <laughs> we're gonna do our best uh, match by match. But it's a very difficult group. If if we we uh, win the group. That's uh, a huge, a huge uh, step for Mozambique. After that, if uh, that happens, we have the playoffs. So, <laughs> but uh, match after match, that's the philosophy, uh, and uh, we're gonna, we're gonna do our best.
2: That was certainly an interesting chat with Mozambique coach Luis Gonzalez about their matches coming up. when What is a bumper set of international fixtures in the coming days with uh, Mozambique and Golu in Portugal, of course, and Comores, who are in Tunisia, playing some matches there. Mark, we start off uh, this evening with uh, Kenya against Zambia, another test for Micho Shredojevic uh, after his game against Malawi on Wednesday.
1: Yes, it's heartening to see that so many of the Kosovo countries have taken up the opportunity of this window to um, play some friendly matches. As you know, the competitive start for Africa is only next month, so teams were free to decide whether to play or not in this, in this uh, 10-day period. And uh, you know, there's quite a, a level of uh, commitment when you send a full squad to Portugal, as Mozambique and Angola have done, or uh, in the case of the Camores, when you send uh, a team to a squad to Tunisia, and in fact, Madagascar as well, because they are playing uh, in Luxembourg and also in Morocco in the next uh, couple of days. But Zambia too, traveling to Nairobi, then they're coming down to South Africa. They're obviously mixing it up a little bit with the Chan squad, looking ahead to the Cameroon tournament. Uh, in January and uh, also then looking ahead to vital, vital games for them against Botswana next month in the uh, Cup of Nations qualifiers. Remember, they haven't got any points yet.
2: Yeah, well, I guess, you know, that's the, the problem for coaches is you don't want to go into those Nations Cup qualifiers completely undercooked. And these teams are in, uh, for many of them, an unprecedented situation where they haven't played games since last November so, you know, these, these matches are crucial. You know, South Africa up against uh, Zambia on Sunday, another game for Zambia. That'll be three games in six days for them, crisscrossing across the continent. Um, it's, that's huge for for Coach Malefi and Serki, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is. And, and uh, you know, there's a lot of pressure on him as a new coach, too. And he's missed out on, on lots of opportunity uh, over the last year. Uh, given that uh, we, we've all been locked down with this COVID crisis. I think it's po- perhaps a little easier for him in the sense that the league in South Africa was completed and uh, there has been some game time for the players and that the league will start again next week and obviously teams are in pre-season training. Um, there are many other leagues like in Mozambique and Angola, for example, Zimbabwe, where they haven't uh, got back underway and players have not had a competitive football match uh, since March. And, and that's obviously a huge factor when you look ahead to the games next month. You know, and Luis Gonzalves said that as much in the interview earlier was about how um, undercooked almost the players will be, and how unsure he is as a coach uh, what he's going to get from them physically um, when when they when they play this week, and indeed when they play next month.
2: Another interesting one on Sunday will be Malawi against Zimbabwe. After, of course, Malawi travelled to Zambia on Wednesday. Uh, taking a pretty strong squad uh, with guys like Gaberino Mahunga, the Orlando Pirates striker. Um, Zimbabwe, there has been some talk that that game would not go ahead as they have not yet received uh, government approval for it to be played. But
1: if it is played, it's, it's a fascinating clash. Absolutely. I mean, we know the potential of Zimbabwe. We saw what they did against Zambia in, last November in the, in the Cup of Nations. We've seen how powerful their squad is. Obviously, uh travel is somewhat restricted particularly for the international players so um the squad that they'll have is uh is, is is nowhere near as strong as it potentially will be next month when they resume the cup of nations qualifiers and of course they can take another big step towards qualifying for cameroon but then it's a good chance for the new coach as well to um to have a look at some of the locally based players i know he's been back in Harari for the last couple of weeks now after the lockdown to prepare for these games And, you know, we were talking about teams having
2: to have game
1: time and I suppose that's
2: no better exemplified when the Comores take on a Tunisia under-20 team uh, on Sunday as well. It's just about getting minutes under the belt, isn't it?
1: Yeah, there's been a little bit of criticism uh, from the Camorian community. If you look on uh, on social media about that game, they do see it as as a little bit of a of an insult in a way. A and B, perhaps you know, physically not the kind of test that the Comores uh, would require. Maybe it would be better for them to go and play a French club, for example, as a few uh, correspondents on, on on social media pointed out. But I mean, they're into, they're in Tunis in a camp, and I think that's the most important thing. They're all there already. You know, the game against Libya uh, is a full international. Uh, the game against the under-20s is an opportunity to bring in three or four of the new faces that they've got in the squad as well, try to integrate them in. So I, I think, that, you know, the, and there's no pressure as well in terms of results. So I think the coach will be, will be pretty happy with, uh, with that outcome, even if uh, some of the Camorians feel a little bit insulted by the fact that Tunisia are not uh, playing the national team against them. They're going to play Nigeria instead, but that they send in the under-20s. Yeah, and then just two two games after that, on Monday, we've got Madagascar against
2: Burkina Faso, which is taking place in Morocco. And on Tuesday, then uh, Mozambique take on Angola in a all-Portuguese clash there, I guess you could say, taking place in Portugal.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a fascinating contest, always is, between those two countries. And uh, they've got you know, strong squads, both of them, for the camp in Portugal. And they're Angola in particular are a a team, perhaps in a little bit of a mini crisis, having uh, done very poorly in the uh, Cup of Nations qualifiers last November when they last played. You remember they lost at home to the Gambia, which is probably one of the worst home results that uh, Angola have ever had. So you know the the opportunity again to have everybody together. I think there's a little bit of a transition too in the Angolan side. There's a lot of new faces. A good opportunity for them uh, against decent opposition because they you know Guinea-Bissau is their first opponent, and then and then Mozambique. And neither of those countries will want to lose what is effectively a little bit of a derby match. It's sure to be a fascinating few days of action as our national teams work through the rust to fine-tune themselves for the resumption of the Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers next month. Yes, and what a relief it is to
2: see international football back on the
1: African stage.
2: Remember,
1: you can also listen
2: to more of our podcasts on Duma Radio, Casafa.tv, Spotify and iTunes. And you can also get the latest news via our website at www.casafa.com and on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and TikTok. Goodbye,
1: and we look forward to your company in a fortnight's time.